Whether you're learning the basics or you want to be a rock master, we have a class for you from high-level overviews to specific features. Find the training class that fits your needs this year at community.rockrms.com slash classes. And welcome back to the Rockcast podcast. This is our seventh episode, and this week marks one month since Rock Beta was released. It's been a whirlwind of questions, answers, updates, and continuing feature development. So far, we've had about 150 installs and more interactions in our Q&A community than we could count right now. Um, today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, communication. But first, let's hear a little bit about our updates. I guess I get to take the floor first. Wow. Um, yeah, there, there's uh, the last update, the 04 update, had a, a really a bunch of bug fixes that were reported from the community. I, I feel like it was our biggest bug fix uh, patch. Um, in addition, there were some really cool features uh, that we added in there. Um, one of them was the logged in uh, users, so you can now see who's logged into the site. And as we've talked offline that doesn't include you you're removed from that list so don't panic when you see no one logged into your site um the other feature though that i think we kind of almost stumbled on when we discovered hey what if we just made this one little change how cool would that be david did you want to touch on that um i I think you're referring to just the html uh, content editor we can put on um any page in rock we just added the person merge fields so, which that means is you can now customize content specific to who's logged in, which um, can get really powerful if you get creative. So, I mean, you could even, you know, put a page that welcome, or wishes somebody a happy birthday on their, you know, if they happen to log in on their birthday or, you know, if they haven't signed up for a class or they have signed up for a class or they just finished a class, you can actually customize content based on what data you know about them. And so that whoever goes to that page... Uh, that it would look different depending on who they are. So that can also see person attributes as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. if, if if they're not baptized, you could say, hey, our next baptism is on whatever date. Yeah, just all through the HTML editor. Pretty awesome. And I think when people talk about, well, why would I ever use a church management system or relationship management system for my CMS? I mean, until features like that come to being, that's a valid question. But now that you have that power, why wouldn't you? Like, it has a lot of great CMS tools, plus the ability to bring that data in as simple and easy as that. I mean, that's what really drives the, the really the need for the CMS. Yeah. And again, I, I feel like that was a sort of God gift to the team when we kind of realized, hey, why don't we just make that one little change and boom. And we've only scratched the surface. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds like a world of possibilities from the communications perspective. Absolutely, yeah. My gears turning. Yep. I'm sure our web guys are going to be salivating when they get their hands on that. Yeah. Yeah, other parts, what else was in the update? Um, Another one was some group mapping stuff that we don't actually put a page during the install, but it's there. Right, so... 
we'll be putting out a, a probably a quick blog po- blog post on on that component. Um, it's pretty pretty slick on what you can do. Very powerful as you start creating your group functionality within Rock. And I think I, like, that's kind of a point too. Is like there's so many things you can do with Rock through configuration. You know, we can't dream up exactly how this is going to work perfectly for your church because we don't honestly work or, or live in your church. Um, but you know, our job is to give you the, the the Legos, the components, the blocks, and teach you how to use them um, and maximize them. And this is going to be one of those you know classic examples of that that we can't really configure it out of the box necessarily in a way that makes sense because we don't quite know how how it's best used in your church. But we'll show you how to use it, and we'll show you how we're using it. I mean, again, we're eating our own dog food on a lot of this stuff, so we're actually using it on the Spark site um, behind the scenes to kind of just get an idea where people are who are logging in and and um and and using rock so we kind of give you a glimpse of how we use it on the on the back side and uh during the update you you obviously know you get to see the release notes but as you know if you leave that page you don't see them anymore so what we did was we've set up a we'll have it set up by the time this is published uh, a url on the rock pay, uh website so if you go to rockrms.com/rock/ release notes you you'll be able to see the past release notes for every update yeah and you know one thing that was in the update that you can't see either is that the updater got updated so it looks <laughs> it looks a little fresher that's and, right and the, nicer they'll see it next time now right it's kind of one of those features like oh this is really cool to look at and so the update updates it but you can't see it till next update so yeah that's kind of a fun little feature um and then the smarty streets mm-hmm. there's a lot of changes for the support that Yes, there was. So we, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit last time too. Is we just combined our geocoding and standardization services into one address verification, and uh, and we've been really happy with Smarty Streets. Just not only um, their data, but just them as a company too. They've been really willing to work with us and give some great deals to churches. Yeah, it's all free, and, yeah. and they're some of the nicest people. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing how nice they are. Um, and I was, you know, playing with some sample data the other day. <clears throat> I, I wanted to kind of fake an address for something I was doing. So I went on to Google Maps, found an address that was valid. I looked at their street address on the house, and I said, well, I'm just going to make it plus one because I don't really want to put it on exactly on someone's house. That's kind of awkward and weird. So I, I kind of, you know, put added one to, to the number, and Smarty Streets came back and said, that's not a valid address. No one and I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> They're so yeah. good that, that I actually have to use someone's real house, so... Um, yeah. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, and we have some very difficult addresses in our church of people who live literally like in the middle of nowhere, like on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. And we've had a lot of problems in the past of, of getting those, those geocoded. Um, and obviously places like Google do it well, um, but a lot of other big uh, firms don't do it well. And Smart Shoots were able to, to, to actually get those for us. Um, and because of some of the licensing with Google, we just... You know, we didn't feel like we could use it. We engaged a lawyer. He he felt that no, it would be outside of the license agreement for us to use it in in a in that way. And so that's why we we um, don't use Google. And then let's just touch briefly on the next update. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of changes kind of under the hood, which hopefully they won't. No one will notice. But it's going to be good, I think, to kick the tires kind of hard on the O five update when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a, a pretty big refactor of kind of the underlying framework. Um, we had put some stuff in there just to support the possibility of using 
you know, all sorts of different databases. But when we really got down to it, I think we're just going to support SQL. And when we come to that conclusion, we can pull out a lot of that abstract code and just uh, make things more efficient and faster. So that's the biggest thing is there's some areas of rock that will just be more efficient, like the, the, the data imports and stuff like that. Right. Immediately we saw the, um, the sample data load time cut in half just from that change. Well, I love the fact, too, that when people start developing on rock, I just like the metaphor that, of the simple way. It's, it is simpler. It's easier to understand. There's, there's not as many things you kind of have to know about. Um, I think it just, it's just an easier uh, methodology. And, and it's more of a pattern, right? It's more yeah. like consistent. So what you read in a book would be more. Right, right. I mean, if you're, if you're reading about Entity Framework, um, in the you know, previous versions, it would be kind of hard to see how we're using that. But now it's kind of right there front and center. That was a dev alert. Beep, yeah. beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So most people don't have to worry about that. Sure. What about what about features in the in the next release? There's a couple of new features rolling out too, right? We've got a new badge um, that we kind of some of these features that we kind of see, and, and it's kind of like you, you're talking about, Nick. You know, there's a little hint of a feature, and then I think that kind of brings to, to bear like what that feature really could be. And we've extended the page view feature, so now there's a badge that'll show you the last time someone logged in to the website. And then you can click on it, and you can actually see each of their sessions, what pages they went to, how long they were on your website, which browser they were in, if, if it was a tablet or phone or a desktop. Um, and so we really are trying to build this kind of like picture of, of how someone is is um, viewing all of your content. Um, so, and even in the future, we hope to that when you send out an email, that link can trigger okay. From this email, they went to your website. They looked at these five things. So you can have this complete picture of the communications um, of a person. So it's 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 kind of neat. So for now, once you get the new the new update, you can see each session, which pages they went to. Um, that's new. A lot yeah. of other new communication things, though. Yeah, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, right? <laughs> yeah. And from a uh, real quick, from a testing perspective, we now have the ability uh, with the next update. When you're loading sample data, if you want to log in as the finance person or Ted Decker, you can log in as each of those people, provided you set up a password for it. And, and you'll see that when you hit the sample data block. Um, I think that that was a cool little addition to help you guys test and take a look at Rock in different ways. Yeah, and I hope those people who are using Rock have two databases. I hope they have one that they're kind of playing with with their data, and I hope they have another one with the sample data. Because the sample data is very cool. I mean, you get to see, you know, kind of the best practices of how people could look. I think when you use your own data, sometimes it's very blank, and you don't get a good picture of what it can do. Um, but Nick's put in a ton of time into, into this, the sample data, trying to get everything configured. Like, like it should be in a church that's been using it for, for two years, um, and a lot of the best practices. Um, so I, I use the sample data all the time. I love it. I think it's really helped us in the development cycle. Yeah, and it's also helped us um, maybe scope out a future roadmap for an import, a very simple import tool that will be based somewhat loosely off of or tightly off of the XML specification that that sample data uh, tool uses. Yep. So we've learned a lot, and, and it's helped us to um, go down a path that we didn't think we were going to go down this soon, but I think right. it's good. Yep. So, anything else in the next five? 
I'm sure there's a lot of other things, but um, nothing huge that comes to mind. What are, what are we thinking about? Besides release? the communication stuff we're going to talk about. Right. When, when do we think about a release date on that? Probably maybe next week or week after? Yes. I think next week. I think we kind of have to do something <laughs> next week. There's, there's some stuff that would be really good to have kind of rolled out for next week. Yeah. Um, so... The good thing with the releases, if it doesn't make this release, it just makes the next release. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so but the main topic of today is what? Communication, right? Yes. Let's <laughs> get on with it. I'm really favorite. excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of tools in Rock for communications. So, David, do you want to start off with maybe what we do call communications? I mean... Sure. Um, w- one thing with communications, what we've kind of done in Rock is really like a lot of other areas, is tried to make it in a way that can be extended. Um, so that if, if we didn't pick the, the particular tool that you want to use, you can extend it. Um, and to do that, we've created this concept of communication channels and transports. So channel being kind of the, um, like email or SMS, like how you want to communicate with somebody right now, and that's the two channels we have right now. But other things would be like an app, application push notice or even, you know, Facebook posts or, you know, anything you can really think of. And then transport is kind of how, it, how that data gets out, sent out. So for the email channel, we'd have transports like SMTP. And we've added another one that we'll talk about here in a minute. For SMS, we have a... Um, um, Twilio? Twilio, thank you. Twilio transport. But, you know, it could be a, a different one, Strike Iron, or any other, any other company that assists in sending SMS messages. But we've done that in a way that you can easily add those in. Um, and so, you know, right now what we call communication would be SMS, emails. Right, but if a third party wanted to add, like you said, application push notification, and we just didn't have time to get to it, right. they could really just drop that in, and it kind of right. automatically work inside the... the yeah, Rock just looks for those kind of interfaces and if somebody put one there it just um, exposes it as one that's available to be used so that would mean an admin can go to a page find a list of people hit i want to send a message and choose let's say this uh push to their phone type a little message hit send and boom it goes out to their phone theoretically right and to them using uh, rock it looked exactly the same they didn't really realize that some new functionality was added in Right. They just keep using the same exact way. Yep. And so that's an exciting feature when we get the rock store up. You know, people can add these channels without having to really necessarily go through the core team. They can, whatever their their ideas come up, you know, write something, write some code, put it in the store, and people download it. Yep. Wow. So in terms of communication, you, you mentioned SMS, um, but there's also, within email, there's a lot of features that you can do. So the transport that's SMTP, SMTP is for those who aren't super technical, that's just the way, the basic way things get mailed. You, you know, you talk to a server, you say, here's a piece of mail, and it sends it for you. That works. That's, that's very basic. That's very easy. SMTP's been around for right. decades. And everybody can use it, whether it's your server, at, you know, in the building, or even if you have a Gmail account. Gmail has an SMTP server you could configure Rock to use. Right. But if you want more advanced features, um, there's service providers who do more advanced things. So do you want to talk about Mandrill? 
Uh, actually, I'll probably let you talk about Mandrake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So these, there are these email service providers. Um, some of the big ones are like SendGrid, Mandrill, MailJet, uh, Mailgun. There's a whole bunch of them. But what you say what they do is they say, okay, well, SMTP can be somewhat hard for deliverability. I mean, there's a whole bunch of advanced topics like um, SPF, domain keys that you just have to really know to get to get deliverability high because all the ISPs are trying to find and, and filter out the spam. And how do you get your message not to be that? That's that's kind of the trick. And then they specialize in that. So they write these services where you basically send them your mail. They kind of do some best practices on it and send it out. But they also can add do some value added um, for your email. So they can tell you like when the message uh, was sent to the ISP. They can tell you when it was opened by the person. Um, they put you know some images in there. When that image is viewed, then they know that image came off their service. So they know it was viewed. Um, they can tell you if one of the links within the email was clicked. They can tell you if it bounced. So there's different types of bounces. There's a hard bounce that says, hey, I don't know what that email address is. That, that's not a valid email address. That's a hard bounce, so they can alert you of a hard bounce. Um, they can also let you have soft bounces, um, which is a little bit more nebulous. Everybody's soft bounce is a little different. It could be um, as simple as they got a, a out-of-office notice. It could be that mailbox is full. Mailbox yeah. is full. That's usually a soft bounce. Um each vendor does a little bit differently of what's a hard and soft, but it can alert you of those things. So with our Mandrill um, uh, uh, implementation, we get alerted of those activities, so then we can flag those emails within Rock as being delivered, opened, uh, link clicked, tell you what the link was that they clicked. Um, we can tell you if it was hard bounce, soft bounce. We can disable uh, those email addresses because one thing that, that really kills your deliverability is if you keep delivering to hard bounces, ISPs are like, okay, you obviously have no idea what's going on. You must be a scammer. <laughs> so, and there's actually laws that say you have to do this stuff. Fortunately, they're not really super enforced, but doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because the ISPs are watching and, and they're going to give you a bad reputation score if, if, if you're doing these things. So Mandrill kind of helps automate a lot of these things. Um, and so we have that integration. It'll be rolling out in the next release. Mandrill is also very nice in that it, it allows you to have uh, do a lot of this stuff for free. So if you're a small church and you send less than 12,000 emails a month, you can use it for free. Um, so that's a great feature. I think in the past, in some of our documentation, we talked a lot about MailJet, and that's still a great service. You know, Actually, we're using that for Spark. Um, but you know, looking into some of these integrations and, and getting deeper into the code and, and, and writing the interface... We just were blown away by, by Mandrill. Hmm. Um, they also have another feature that's really what cemented the, 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 the uh, deal for us was they can inline your, your email. So HTML emails is, can be very difficult, and we talk about this in our documentation that's coming out. Um, so inlining that CSS and that HTML is actually a really magic feature, and right now they're the only ones who, who, who we found that, that do that um, through the API. Now, I have a question. If you um, if you use Mandrill in all these features you just described with being able to see in Rock the, the status of each recipient, does that also apply then with other providers or other um, trans? Is it the transport? Yeah. Other I transports? Mean, what we've added to Rock is the ability to store all that data and to, and to view it. Um, so it's up to if there's another provider being written for like SendGrid or MailJet, that would 
we just have a place that where that data can be stored. So that provider has to get that data okay. from. So if the provider outside. has the functionality, Rock can handle it right. and, and do stuff with it. Yeah, someone has to write that glue code, that right. code that kind of glues it all together. But it's not that. It's not that. And we've but done it for Mandrill. And out of the box, we'll have a Mandrill provider. Right. right. But it's pretty trivial if you, if you know C-sharp and you have some experience in some stuff like that. It's pretty trivial to write another one. I mean, I, I think you could do it in a couple of days cool. if, if you needed to. Um, all this is documented in, in the in the communication guide, which is coming out probably next week or week after. Um, I think we're about 80, 90% there. Yep. So it's just into Emily for proofing and voicing. and. I just finished proofing it last night. So. Quality control. and <laughs> Now it's a matter of getting it uploaded. So. Um, to me, commas are kind of optional things you kind of add occasionally. I don't know if you notice that. Yes. Yeah. Or or you put them everywhere if you subscribe to my philosophy. Yeah. Or when in doubt, semicolon, right? Hmm. If you have two sentences and you think maybe they're one, you put a semicolon. In each okay, we should stick to coding and not grammar. <laughs> That's right. right. I don't know. He's some honest, right? <laughs> so when you get to the documentation, just ignore the comma placement. It's optional. <laughs> Um, but well, by then it's been fixed by you, I though, right? I hope so, yes. Right, yeah. That's what I was hoping. Um, I even put notes in there. I, I don't know if that's right, but you can fix it. <laughs> um, so, but it, the, the level of the documentation is it's really easy. It's going to walk you through even how to set up Mandrill, step by step, even in their, on their web pages. Put a lot of time in just making that like dead simple. So you don't have to know about half the stuff we even talked about. Just go to the site, follow. I think it's only like eight or nine steps, and boom, you're ready to send mail. And it looks professional, and it does what you need it to behind the scenes to get the message across and, and make sure it reaches its target every time. Yep. Okay. And, I, and I'm impressed with Mandrill, too. Like, some of these things, setting up your DNS to get SPF and domain keys, it can be a little bit hard. But when you don't get it right, like, I didn't get it right a couple of times when I was setting it up. And they'd actually tell you, like, hey, you didn't quite do that right. This needs to change. And hmm. so most places, it would just say failed. Hmm. And you're, like, you're left kind of going, okay, what did I do wrong? And you have to go back and try to figure out. They actually put a lot of time in it trying to figure out maybe what you did wrong and trying to tell you what exactly you did wrong and how it should be different. So I was actually pretty impressed um, with how they had that set up kind of inspiring for us. So when we're integrating with a service like Mandrill, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have some other relationship with them. We've just looked around for what seems to work best with Rock and what has the right features, and and we're making that recommendation to make it easy for the people who want to use Rock, right? Right, and I'm glad you brought that up because we don't do that. Like, we go find the best vendors, we integrate, we show you how to use them. We never go to that vendor and say, hey, can we get a cut of this? Or, hey, we can bring you a lot of customers. We don't do that at all. I, Clarifying that. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, not in, we're not here to try to skim off the top, right? You know, right. We, we so want to find the best. We're passing along some best practices and, and helping make that easy Absolutely. for the, for the <clears throat> person who's using it. So. Yeah. Okay. Just for the record, we did have one vendor who sent us a, a gift card. <laughs> because, because one of you guys signed up. We had no idea. And I did tell John he should report that. And, and he's reporting it publicly right. now. And it was Smarty Streets. And I think that person signed up for a free account. So I'm like, <laughs> what? I almost felt like I, had to, I should send it back. Like, <laughs> It was just too nice of them. But we'll buy a book, a technical book, to make rock better. Yes. So, it was only $25. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple other things about email communications, too, that you'll see in rock is that 
we have the ability now to unsubscribe. Yep. And I'm, I'm not sure if that made it in the previous release or not, but it's, it's whether it did or not, it's gone through some improvements since then too. So every email that goes out will have, if it's flagged as a bulk email, which is what gets done by default, is it'll have the, give the recipient an option to unsubscribe. And when they do that, it takes them to a page on the public site that they can specify their uh, email preference. And they can say, I don't want to get any emails. I don't want to get bulk emails. I don't go to your church anymore. Stop bugging me. Oh. Take me off your list. So, I mean, that's one one of the new features. And then... Um, and all that's customizable. So if you don't like the message, you can... Right. You can or the options. I mean, it's just... it's You can add other options there, too. Um, one other thing, too, is that, you know, we mentioned HTML emails. A lot of people, or I wouldn't say a lot, but some people, you're using email clients that don't support HTML. So we also haven't, if you don't put any specific content for that, um, when they open their email, they'll just have a link back to where they can view an HTML version on your website. So those are some new things that we have. And that unsubscribe, that's really important. Like You really have to have that if you're sending mm-hmm. bulk mail. And to date, we don't have that. And yeah. I've always thought it'd be nice to have that. And yeah. it's, it's great to have it. Now. We meaning your church. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. yeah, not Rocket. Yeah. We've been sending out bulk emails for a long time without that. Yeah. And I'm not sure if nonprofits get a pass on that, but we shouldn't. I mean, we should be playing by the best practices. So yeah. I love that feature. Yeah. And what's nice, too, is when you're going to create a communication, you can see right away if there's people on your list of recipients that wouldn't get the email if you sent it. Yeah, it's a great feature too. So then once someone has selected their um, update to the unsubscribe feature, are you getting a report back about that or is it automatically making that switch to the individual person's profile? That's interesting. It is, it does both. So it automatically sets their preference up. So whether you've looked at it or not since then, somebody sends another bulk email, they won't get it. But you also flag them. There's kind of a new flag on a person record in um, Rock that says, hey, this person needs to be reviewed, and this is why. So if somebody on that page says, I don't go to your church anymore, here's why, they get flagged as that, as needing review, and we can create reports off that, and even different reports based on the reason they gave. So you know, you can have some people look at, specific reasons and other people look at other reasons could could that in the future kick off a workflow that you know maybe the workflow says hey find the most appropriate person to handle this person you know, maybe by their address or something like that is that a possibility sure oh for sure yeah. whether it's a workflow or reports it's just that we're, we're flagging that when they do that cool. yeah because a lot of times these people like david said are giving you a reason why they don't attend your church right. not to read that and take action or i mean at least even just read it would be Crime, you foolish. Know. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's more to communications than just the communications. There's there's uh, also marketing ads. So um, marketing ads is a way of of uh, looking at other. So I guess communications is kind of push out to you. Marketing ads, in, in in some ways, is more of a pull. So it helps you organize things like your bulletin. And also uh, your website, um, really, really uh, powerful on the website. So it gives you the way. Say, say you're promoting a car show. Like we have a car show at CCV, we do every year. Um, you need to promote that car show, so you can go in there. You can create a, a marketing campaign for the car show. You can set up your bulletin in, uh, when you want it in the bulletin, which weeks you want in the bulletin, the content for each of those. 
you can set up the ads that you would want to put onto your website, like maybe on your rotator on the homepage or on certain subpages. You can set that all up and you can get approved, prioritized, and then implemented. Um, so out of the box, when you run it, there's actually a few sample ads already in there. And if you go to the, the default external site, which is page one, you'll see those ads in the rotator and then right below it, there's more ads. So marketing campaigns is what drives that. That too is extensible. So you can add different types of mediums. You don't, you're not limited to just bulletins and, and, and website. You can add those actually without code. You might still need code to, to eventually do what you want to do, but you could add new, new types if you want. Um, so eventually those could you could add like a Facebook um, campaign, a Twitter campaign, the code for that's not written, but it could be written, and, and we have plans to do that eventually. Someone might beat us to it, which would be kind of nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> We don't have to write everything. And um, where is all this documented? Is that going to be in the communications or in the web CMS guide? A little bit in both. Okay. You know, how to input it and, and administrate it and um, kind of use it is in the communication guide. How to implement it onto your website is going to be in the the that designing building websites with rock guide. Um, so it's a little bit split to both. Um, I think if, if you're a church that doesn't have a web designer, you could just use the, you know, the, ex, the external site we give you. Um, hopefully there'll be some themes coming soon that you can kind of pick from. Um, the one that you, you get right now is intentionally left blank. In fact, it's called Stark. Not because we like Iron Man, but because it's a Stark theme. But we do know. like Iron Man. <laughs> How we can, Okay. <laughs> So it's a very blank theme, and it's it's intentionally so. It's meant to be a starting point. When you want to create your own theme, first step one, copy and paste the Stark theme. It's a starting point. So we didn't put it in there to make it look good. We put it in there to make it a good starting point. Um, I, we had mentioned earlier about kind of reasons why to use Rock as your CMS, and for me this is the biggest reason. I mean, your promotions or your ads driving your website just takes so much away from having to manage that website. It's all dynamic. You know, you approve ads, they show up on your website. You know, that if you're using, you know, something else to drive the website, you kind of lose that that ability to um, just have such dynamic content based off what your staff is wanting to, you know, get up there. Right, and then as we get event registrations done, mm-hmm. that'll all be a part of the ads so that from the ad you can register for, for the event. Um, even to the point, going back to what you said in the beginning, of you could on your ad detail page add a little HTML block at the top, and if they're if they're logged in, you could say, "David, looking forward to seeing you at the car show." Yeah. Wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah, right. And the approvals that you touched on briefly—that's a lot of help when you get into an organization of any size, so the people who have the details about the event can enter um, the actual promotion they want to have up there, but it doesn't go live. Until it's had some review, because right. if we have fifteen events that um, each ministry leader wants to be um, uh, put out there and promoted, and we have four spots to put them in, um, that's going to be a concern if they're automatically approved. Yeah. yeah, you get to approve and you get to edit and, and right. copy edit them, so you can fix the comments for them too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's approvals even on the emails and the on the yeah. communication. So if it's over a certain threshold you can have it go to someone to be approved first. Um, I know we often use that in, in our church today is if it goes to 
a wider audience, it needs to be approved by communications. A configurable threshold, right? Right. And you can disable that, of course, too, if you don't, if you don't want that. There's ways to make all staff be able to send as many as they want. A lot of warning bells going off to me when I hear that. <laughs> we wouldn't <laughs> configure that. Out of the box, it doesn't configure that way. It's, I think I think the limit's 300 yeah. out of the box, but easy to, easy to change. So, anything else with communications? Um, if not, we can cover it next time. <laughs> it's kind of one of those great topics, too, that, you know, since where we work, uh, the IT and communications are in one team, we're very passionate about both. So, it's not really an afterthought for us, because we're actually writing part of our job, you know? So, we're trying to make that powerful, user-friendly um, to do the things that we what we need to get done on a daily basis. We can see regularly what problems need to be solved in that area and put some attention to that. So, yeah, this is a really great tool too. If you, if you can keep your eye on what's going on, it helps you to see who's in, who's involved in the church. It's another great way of see, of really personalizing the experience to people. It's not just a well, we we got to have the ability to send email. It's not like a check off our list. This is something we're really passionate about, providing good communication tools. And at the end of the day, that's what people want now. They want for you to talk directly to them no matter what size the organization is. So if we have those tools in hand, then that makes our job a lot easier. Right, and the professionalism on that has to be you know, very high. Mm-hmm. So they're used to getting professional you know, HTML emails or websites that are you know, professionally assembled, so we need to make that easy. And that they can view on whatever device they have at that time. So. Yeah, I mean that, and that's actually something coming out in the next update too. Is uh, there's a lot of responsive uh, tweaks to make uh, the internal portal work really well, all the way down to a, a cell phone. I mean, it's it's kind of good right now. It's a lot better in in the next update. We have panels that slide in and out better, so the menus easier. The person detail page is almost looks like it was made for an iPhone. So um, today at, at at CCV, we actually wrote a separate iPhone website the default user interface is going to replace that site so and that really wasn't intended we always intended it to say well you know we're not sure we can get rock to really by default scale all the way down to, to, mm-hmm. to cell phone size we'll probably have to create another site but i think we've been able to to really raise the bar and get there there's certain things that are always gonna be troubling i mean when you're looking at a a grid full of financial transactions that's you know a thousand pixels wide getting that to respond down to an iphone is going to be difficult but Right. But you probably aren't going to be doing that on your phone, I would hope. And it's going to be a challenge regardless of whether it's a a, a native app on your phone or a responsive website. Right. It's right. just cool to see how far the web has come to uh, making that, that a reality. In other words, write it once and let it run everywhere on all devices. Yep, definitely. So a lot of good stuff coming in the next update. Definitely read those release notes. Um, They might seem a little lengthy, but that's only the good stuff you're seeing. There's a ton of other notes that you're not seeing. I think that's going to wrap up our podcast for today. If we've missed anything, you'll hear about it next time. And thanks so much to all of you participating in our Rock Q&A and our development communities. Uh, We really appreciate your interactions there, and thanks for listening today.
This episode of RockCast is brought to you by Rock sponsor, Ministry Dynamics, a Wi-Fi presence and equipment provider. Connect with Ministry Dynamics today at rockrms.com slash sponsors.